All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Happy New Year's, everybody. We're counting down our top 15 guests from COVID 2020 all the way to December 2021. Getting us started at number 15, I pay a visit to the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. It claims to be the world's only cryptozoology museum. You can check them out at cryptozoologymuseum.com. Another great piece of trivia from the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. Did you know the silicanth was considered extinct until 1938 when this prehistoric Cretaceous fish was rediscovered? A second search in 1952 resulted in another silicanth discovery. This find inspired 1954's The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Shout out to friend of the show, Kilted Creature. I feel like this probably inspired him as well and his patented brand of swamp music, bagpipe, swamp metal, I should say. So tell me more about Lauren. Who is Lauren? Do you want? <laughs> well, he is the founder and director of this museum and this is his collection that he's been collecting Forever. for a long time he's been a part of the field for 60 years yeah. amazing lauren Col coleman right yep. yes Great. Yep. he's been on tons of shows he's written tons of books yeah. and so i saw some really fascinating things about lauren coleman including the fact he has done things with dr jeff meldrum oh yeah and He's been in comic books, maybe Unsolved Mysteries, I think I saw He was in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I loved Unsolved Mysteries. That's oh, yeah. part of what yeah. got me into the paranormal and the unexplained yeah. Yeah, and, totally. and probably a whole Same. generation. <laughs> yes, both. it did. So I, wanted, I did want to ask both of you, what got y'all interested in cryptozoology? You can go first, because I, I kind of okay. was like under the gun the um, first few times. That's <laughs> true. I did that on purpose, sorry. But, um, uh, it's a few things for me. Um, I used to check out books in my library since I was like a little kid when I discovered all their weird like ghosts and Bigfoot and things like that. But then I, it's also a mix of my love for monster movies and things oh, like yeah. that. King Kong really got me into the idea that there could be like real uh, unknown animals out there. Skull like Island, that. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And so I got watching shows and reading more books and things like that. That's me. Yeah. And Missy? And um, my kind of same thing, I grew up watching all the TV shows, all the things, Unsolved Mysteries, Sightings, go, going oh, way sightings back. Really good, yeah. Like, way back before you were oh, even yeah. born, mm. Nate. <laughs> I still watch them, it's okay. <laughs> Do y'all remember the show In Search Of? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Leonard That's another one that yeah. got me into it. Yeah. And it kind of just snowballed from there. Like, I'm more of like a paranormal person. Um, but I feel like with this field, like, there's just so many rabbit holes and 
like an umbrella field that you have to like have interest and believe or not necessarily believe but you have to know that these things are possible and and i fully i know exactly where you're coming from with rabbit holes because every story we do what it might just seem like on the surface there's Mm -hmm. just you know it's just this okay here's this story but then when you get to examining it it just opens up it's like a fantastical never-ending interconnected web of madness. <laughs> you literally pick one thing from cryptozoology and spend like days just going down yeah. the rabbit hole and searching for. Oh yeah. yeah. Our, our very like first that. episode ever was on was interviewing a man who was part of a one of the most famous UFO sightings ever, and we just thought it was going to be a really really simple story ride, and it just went on and it was so wow. deep, so complex, awesome. so interconnected with things you know even today's events and this was in the 70s it was, oh, yeah. it's just crazy yeah. so i'm going to put both of you on the spot again what are y'all's favorite cryptids my favorite cryptid see there's some debate about my favorite cryptid because some people don't necessarily <laughs> believe that he's a cryptid but i'm a i love mothman i've loved mothman before he became like super popular and mainstream but i'm also you're a mothman hipster <laughs> no, I'm not. but I'm also I, I love Sasquatch I, oh, I think yeah. it's it's so interesting to think that there is this being that is out there like just, so yeah, yeah I'm a sucker for balls and, and I'm the person that thinks Mothman is not a cryptid thinks it's yeah. more UFO paranormal yeah. oh I see the whole history and that's not to undermine you or anything no but, you're not undermining me um, I, I of kind the, of believe that too yeah but. a lot of the history of Point Pleasant before, even before Mothman was like super popular and cited and things like that would a lot of it had to do with like UFO sightings, either at the same time or before or after seeing Mothman too. So, um, but I really like the thylacine. I think sure. it's one of the more plausible ones because it existed at one point, and people right. to this day still say they've seen, you know, thylacines. Kind of caught them on camera and video, but not nothing conclusive. But I really like the thylacine. Right, and and I'm glad y'all both talked about the crossover oh, of yeah. UFOs and Sasquatch and such because one thing we've noticed is there is crossover from between the paranormal and religion and science oh, totally. like ufos bigfoots it all seems to to cross over like it's not um distinct you know yeah. boxed in subjects there there is some carryover there oh, yeah. and a well, lot John of our Kiel even talked about it oh, totally. it's talked about the window like window areas yeah. like hot spots and oh stuff absolutely like that, so. and a lot of our guests have ex- experiences with multiple phenomena mm-hmm. not just one entity yeah um, but we, we did have a couple on that operate a crystal mine in arkansas oh, and yeah. they josh gates has been there for mm-hmm. um, expedition unknown for a ufo incident but they also have incidents with bigfoots and yeah, uh, even in even teleportation of crystals materializing oh, yeah. out of nowhere. There are just like these weird um, hot spots. Like, right. like Bridgewater's got Bridgewater like Bridgewater Triangle, UFOs, yeah. Parkways, yes. Thunderbirds, you got Bigfoot. The, um, Pine Hill, uh, yeah. all that stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of Coming in at 14 on our New Year's countdown, we've got CJ's friend who witnessed a giant UFO over Queens. It's an incredible story that will have you checking the skies. You were 12 years old when it happened, and it was probably after school. So maybe around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, so my childhood best friend and I, we lived around the corner from one another. 
And a couple of times a week, I would meet at her house and we would walk to one of the neighborhood parks. And the one that we went to that day was only about four or five blocks away. Now, this is where we both can't remember because this is going back now 20 years when it happened. And we don't know if we were at the entrance of the park already or we were directly across the street waiting to cross over to get to the park. Either way, if we were standing in front of the entrance of the park or we were directly across the street, you cannot miss what we saw. So we kind of, we looked up to the sky at the same time and then we, it was gigantic. The way I, I can describe it is if you've ever seen the movie Independence Day with Will Smith, mm-hmm. how big it is when it goes over the White House. I know this sounds ridiculous and crazy, but that's how big it was. So we looked up, saw it, and then we both looked at one another in disbelief, like, what the hell was that? Looked back up, and it was gone that quickly. And I just remember the both of us looking at each other and saying, did you just see what I saw? And that, that was it. I mean, it was disc shape. It had lights all around it. And it took up the entire sky. And the weird thing for us was we kind of looked around to see if anyone else saw it. And no one was, you know, like making like a big scene. Like, oh, my God, did you guys see that? So to this day, I mean, only a few people know about this because of the fear of being judged or thinking we're crazy, but only our closest friends. And I think the, um, the first people we told about this was our older brothers and our older brothers being older brothers made fun of us, didn't believe us. So, you know, we were embarrassed and we kept it to ourselves for a very long time. And like I said, now only a few people know about it and I think they believe us. It was definitely something out of the corner of your eye. I feel like you didn't even have to look directly up to the sky to see it. You know, like even if I, I just, it was that big that we, you know, we can't miss it. There was absolutely no sound. It was there and then it was gone. It was so quick. It was just there. It was huge. Like I could see it right now and then it was gone. It didn't even, it's like, the thing is it didn't even make a sound. Like being there and going away. I mean, it was that fast. I know, it, it, sound, it sounds crazy. This was in broad daylight. I don't know exactly, like I said, this is 20 years ago, so, but it was during the day. But it, was, it was warm outside. I want to say like, springtime. People here and there, it wasn't really busy. But, yeah, I mean, that was the weird part because we looked around and literally nobody was, like, making a fuss about what was just there. So, you know, at first we're questioning, do we really saw what we saw? But the thing is, my friend that I saw it with, she is extremely blunt. She is straightforward. And if I had seen this by myself and I told her what I saw, she would laugh in my face and be like, you're ridiculous. You did not see anything like that, Tanya. Like, stop. Because growing up, I was known to exaggerate a little bit about stuff. But the fact that my friend was with me makes it that more believable. I mean, maybe 10, 15 other people in the park. So there's the park, you know, the streets in the park, there's a huge, like, basketball um, area. So there was probably people playing basketball over there and people walking around. It wasn't crazy busy. I don't remember it being crazy busy. 
it's it's a forest park. It's just a whole big area of where we grew up at. I feel like when you see something like that, you're in such disbelief that you forget about anyone else that's really around you. I mean, after we saw it, we walked back home because we're like, all right, we're gonna let's just go back home. I mean, to this day, if like we're with our friends that know about it, and for some reason it's brought up, we kind of joke about it still. You know, it's one of those things, but we hardly talk about it unless it's like randomly brought up. I think we were just in shock. I don't ever really remember being like scared. I think it was just more a feeling of being shocked and like kind of speechless. To this day, 110%, we know what we saw. And at that age, you know, we're 12 years old, we weren't, you know, you know, drinking alcohol, we're 100% sober, so that's not an excuse. Probably different from anything I've ever seen before. People who see UFOs, you know, they're like small, they see like a flashing light in the sky, and they're tiny, you know? It wasn't tiny. When I tell you it took up the entire sky, it took up like the entire sky. I feel like it was, it was hovering, but it was like, it was close. It wasn't like far out there, you know, where you... I, can't, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to explain, to be honest. I just felt like it was it was closer than it should have been. But I just remember it being so big, so close to us that it, I feel like it shouldn't have been that close and then gone within seconds. I mean, it it covered the park. It covered the, the basketball um, area. It covered over the, the laundromat and, the, uh, you know, the uh, bodega. It was that's what I'm trying to explain. Like, it, it was that big. It, like, literally was, like, the, the UFO that they see in Independence Day. That's, like, the best way I could describe it. Like, how it hovers over the White House, and it's so gigantic that it takes up such a huge part of the sky. That's how it was. Checking in at 13 on our countdown is a pioneer in electronic voice phenomenon. If you thought you knew a lot about EVP, trust me, you don't know half the story. Gary Arnold brought shocking revelations to the show. Make sure to check out his documentary, Subterranean Seance. Yeah, where I work on the top floor, um, I routinely would take my lunch break over there just to get away from the students or anything. So I've, you know, uninterrupted lunch break. Uh, so I do some free reading. Uh, this occurred uh, um, in December of 2017, whereas the students had already left for the semester. So I'm doing some free reading. I decided I'm going to, you know, uh, check out Charles Dickens. You know, it's a short story, A Christmas Carol. And, you know, I'm familiar with the story. Everybody is. Uh, but, you know, it's just like, hey, sometimes reading it, you know, can put you in a different state of mind than watching it on television. So um, that's when the phenomenon uh, started. Uh, I got this extreme ear ringing. I don't know how to frame it in any other way because it, it has a coded component to it. And only my right ear, it was really intense, so much so that I thought, you know, uh, oh, what's going on? Yeah, it, it just, it just it was localized to this one area, my right ear. But I have this old track phone 
and my wife made me go out and buy a phone. She wanted me to be available at all times. You know, I'm not tech savvy, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not buying uh, smartphones the latest technology. So I went with my daughter to the local Rite Aid, uh, and and for five dollars, because it was going to be ten dollars. And I talked to the clerk. I said, "This old phone, this track phone, it doesn't do anything exciting." I said, uh, "How about five dollars?" And she said, "Yeah." So I was like, "Oh, cool! What a bargain!" But anyhow, it came in handy that day because I a thought entered my mind when when uh, this ear ringing, this unusual ear ringing, not the classic ear ringing, but something so different sounding uh, that, hey, I have this phone with a voice recorder on there, a digital voice recorder. Let's see if I can capture this, this sound that I'm hearing in my right ear. Well, so I push record, and upon playback, there's a whisper, a whisper, and I can't describe it any other way. It's just a whisper. It says my name, Mr. Arnold. And I thought, okay. I looked around. I'm like, okay, there's a student here. Something, something. Am I being, you know, somebody playing a joke or something? But I left perplexed that day, and this was before Christmas. And then I went back the next day because curiosity got the best of me. And you know, some people say, well, it's going to get you in trouble. Uh, but I went back, and the ear ringing happened again. And I thought, my invitation. But this time, I asked a question. A question popped into my head while the ear ringing. The ear ringing usually lasts no more than 30 seconds. Right, and that's when these entities want to talk. They let me know by this extreme earring. Well, this time I asked the question. I said, "Is anyone there?" And there's nobody there in the lab. This is a totally empty floor. The answer comes before my question, which is crazy. Yeah, the answers almost always come before my question, so I can ask them a question about just about anything. And I was looking for some prosaic reason. Why on earth would I need to ask the second question? A voice comes on and says, "Yes, people." A whispered voice. I went to see my family doctor, and then he had uh, detailed MRIs, you know, contrast MRI, blood work, everything. We were trying to eliminate any kind of organic reason that this happened, and psychological test, everything. Okay, well, this was the beginning of uh, an incredible period where when I went back to the university, I, I was excited to actually go back to work because at that time it was localized just to the library. Okay, where I work. So I would get messages, and I'd be coming back, and, and, and I started sharing with a couple colleagues, right, people who have an open mind. And they, they know me, and they're like, I'm not trying to seek attention or do anything stupid. Just you know, like, look at me, because I'm no one special. But this became something where these voices, that's what they are. You can't hear, you hear this crystal, I hear this crystalline coated ear ringing sound. But upon playback, every time, these voices were there, all right, and they were started to interact with me where they not just you – know, they would answer any kind of question. And, okay, so you think you're going off the deep end. And I had my, my phys- physician listen to it, and he's a spiritual man. He pulled me aside and he said, I'm going to tell you. He said, God has told me this is a gift, that you are actually in contact with angelic beings. And I said – I looked at him, no joke. I said, if that's the case, I'd rather re-gift it. Because guess what? It, it, on every level, it starts to make you think – Really? And I wake up, I still shake my head in the morning and say, because at the time I thought, I must, it must have been in a terrible accident. Something horrible must have happened. I must be in a coma. So this can't be real. This reality can't be real. Even though I was raised in a Christian household, even though you know, I always had an abstract belief God and stuff like that, but, but when it comes to something interacting with you, invisible beings, all right, who, uh, who claim to be alien, all right, and that's another facet to this. I have recordings where they claim to be alien or otherworldly. They also say they exist in... Uh, all dimensions, and that they're everywhere, and they're watching all of us. And uh, okay, so you start to have conversations, and these beings—they—I they, started to have this, this 
this interest in, okay, well, I, I need to involve other people, other researchers, people who are professionals, who have the professional expertise I don't. So I'd send them clips. Right? They do remote viewing for, for these people. Um, like, okay, a person sitting at a desk, and they're in Canada, and next to them is a, a blue can. What is in the blue can? They would tell me the question, ask the spirits or whatever you want to call them, five minutes before my lunch break. I'd go, and I'd have the answer like immediately. I'd send them the clip, and I wouldn't tell them what the answer is. I wanted to force, obviously, because if you tell people, then you already get that power of suggestion there, and that's not as pure as, hey, let's have a consensus here. Is this the answer you're looking for? was right. So you start having the success rate, and then behind the scenes, the word gets out, oh, Mr. Arnold's a medium. <laughs> I used to make a job. I consider myself large, but <laughs> and the only way I've been able to deal with invisible entities who want to talk to me all the time, and believe me, it's, it, it got to the point where I asked them, I said, well, am I stuck to only communicate with you in the library at work? And they said, no. I said, just invite us and we'll come with you. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's when it really – so, yes. So now anywhere, anytime that they want to talk. Now, I don't summon them. I don't have this ability to raise my hand and say, hey, you want to talk? They decide. But they, they will wake me in the middle of the night. They want to talk. Oh. Right? Uh, it, now, like everything in life, it can be seen as a blessing or a curse. Right? Because some people will say, my God, you're, you're interacting with demons. I've heard that. You're interacting with – and I said, well, hey, I'm a sinner like everybody. I said, yeah, but I believe in grace. I believe I've been forgiven. So I mean, why on earth would demons want to waste their time on me? I said, there are billions of other people out there, and they don't seem to be having the same experience. And, uh, and then, it's, But a lot of the voices I – want, I want the audience to understand. A lot of my interactions with them, they're mischievous beings. They They – are jokers. I say cosmic comedians. They actually think – I'm going to date myself. Back in the 70s, there's a Robin Williams weekly show called Mork for Mork. You know? it, it's all about humor. A lot of times, they are tricksters. Uh, and and you know, I, I have clips where they, they, uh, they offend me. And I will say, I will say you know, I'm not going to talk to you. You're going to be negative and you're going to say words because they can be vulgar too. And they can uh, also – I don't want to be um, – I, I, I want to be balanced here. There are uplifting messages too. And it seems like each being is tasked with a certain message. So if I hear this voice, this certain voice upon playback, I understand. I don't hear voices in my head. Never hear voices in my head. I hear this ear ringing. That's when they want to talk. I just push record and ask whatever questions pop into my mind. This next guest on our countdown brings invaluable years of experience to the show. Arriving at number 12, the All Things Unexplained military consultant, Mr. J. Well, they want to mess with your mind, keep you thinking, okay, there might be, there might be UFOs out there, but there might not be. You know, look at Project Blue Book. Their whole reason was to have a scientific explanation about what was really going on. I, I actually believe that I, I, I believe that they actually do have that technology, believe it or not. That was the stealth bombers and you know stuff like this. They were testing and flying that stuff long ago. 
long ago. And we just found out about it, what, in 2000s? They had capabilities of hypersonic speeds and a UFO, and it was called the Lennar, Lennar Project or something like that um, back in 1947. Nazis experiments. Yep. And they said that, um, and of course, you know, the US rushes in and takes everything. Um, and then next thing you know, we're in space. We've taken the technology that has been presented to us and made it so much more effective and put our own spin on it to where it would be able to suffice us through the future. Tim, you, you remember where I used to live there on Mount Carmel. And CJ, I think you have a pretty good idea where that old BP gas station is at, right across the street, a little brick house. Well, me, Jay, and Angel were watching some TV, a movie I think I had rented on direct TV. And so we we're sitting around and then Jay looks up and he says, Dad, look. And we're looking right through my living room window and we seen this really light, bright light kind of slowly rising up. And I'm like, oh, wow, cool. That's probably just an airplane or something. You know, the airport's not too far away. We hear aircraft all the time. Well, it kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I was like, hey, guys, let's go check it out. Angel, bring your iPad and let's, let's go out there, see if we can, you know, see what was going on. Well, the first one was literally right over top of us. We could see three lights it was silent like a balloon floating through the air her ipad didn't work my cell phone didn't work direct tv didn't work um uh the internet had went out and that was the first one. it passed by got tim you you remember where my tree line was behind the pond it got back over that way and everything came back on well, it happened again, same type scenario, flying, 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 and it happened a third time. And we could not, for the love of us, record, um, you know, through our cell phones, through our iPads, or anything like that, just complete silence. We could hear crickets over top of this aircraft that was directly overhead of us and we can make out a v shape on all three of them with it being at night like it was i'm gonna say probably the size of i'm i'm thinking the size of an airplane every bit of it and it, it was almost like they came in like five to eight minute increments the first one would pass and then it would be some time and we were getting ready to walk back in and then the second one would come same thing with the third one yeah yeah and i when i i felt like i could almost if i was to climb to the top of that tree i could have almost touched it the aircraft that's how low it was and just like i said silent now, when you have you ever gone to an airport and right before 
you get to the airport, you kind of have no cell phone signal. So, and then once you cross that uh, certain line or certain area, you've got all the cell phone um, service you want. So there's a technology that will go and cancel your cell phone and get onto the airport cell phone tower so they can track and hear and see everything that you are doing with the cell phone. And that came that came into play after 9-11. Um, you know, I, I would always keep your eyes open, first of all, to the sky and now to the water and always be vigilant. And as much as you can, bring a, uh, uh, some type of a video camera with you and record every aspect of your adventure. And now rounding out this episode's countdown at number 11, she witnessed a Tic Tac UFO over the UK, and she's a Palladian starseed, Lucy Castle. of May of the sunset so I went upstairs to my bedroom to take some better pictures and um, I was clicking away and that's where I saw the tic-tac UFO just hovering so I managed to take some pictures and with a blink of an eye it just disappeared again well I was just I took a picture and it was still hovering for an extra 20 seconds after I took the picture and with a blink of an eye, it just gone so fast. I didn't even see what direction it went, what maneuver it took. Just gone. Amazing. <laughs> it, they probably just switched the dimensions. Yeah. I um, I follow a lot of UFO pages in the UK, and I put my story on there, just talking about it. And it was actually someone stole my story and picture and sold it to the national newspapers. Well, I had loads of contact, people contacting me, um, different newspapers are talking about it with me, emailing me, and I just I just told them the truth, and it went from there, and it's just escalated, and it is, seems to be this story is everywhere now, all around America, I think. Yeah, it is America. I remember seeing a newspaper. They are more than ever now because of this disclosures coming and there's more sightings so more people are talking about it. Well, starseed light warriors are those who know they are multi-dimensional beings and there's more to life what we see on Earth. We know that's more than just mind and body at the same time. journey where our soul origins are from. Uh, we're connected to crystals, stars, plants, Mother Earth, everything around us and we assist Earth using our lights. You actually saw origin. There's 140,000 star seeds on Earth. And it's ones that don't fit in, then they just know from here. And if they find out they're a star seed, then um, they'll find out their own missions and their soul journeys and more comes them about themselves more. And it's great for your body to receive lessons in your soul growth as well. Now you're chosen to be here for your soul mission and connecting with the star families. 
no, I'm the black sheep of the family. No, they're open to that. They accept who I am and what I am. And uh, I am clairsentience and clairgognizance. Yeah, it's like a premonition, the clairgognizance. I use my intuition, intuition for absolutely everything. From COVID 2020 to December 2021, that's our guest 15 through 11 of our top 15 countdown. I'd like to say special thanks to all of you for making our first year such a great experience. We've had a lot of fun on this journey. We've made it up to the top 25 in the science podcast charts. We even got nominated for a People's Choice Podcast Award. For Smitty and CJ, thank you. If you would like to help keep this podcast going through 2022, you can now find us on Venmo at Bigfoot UFO. Happy New Year's, everybody. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. To help keep us going, please be sure to visit patreon.com backslash allthingsunexplained. Our Patreon patrons get early access to podcasts as well as exclusive audio and video clips. Or you can find us on Venmo under the business accounts. Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. Additionally, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained. To be continued.